We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hope you're having a good day. Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We're up and rolling. And as you can see, we've got a guest with us right off the top. Once again, he is Mark Heim. He covers Alabama football for AL.com, as well as uh, the host of the opening kickoff on WNSP FM 105.5, 6 to 9 a.m. every weekday in uh, in Alabama. Thanks for doing this today, Mark. Thanks for uh, Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I uh, I did mornings for several years myself. I do have to say, I'm you know I'm I'm glad to be you know living in uh, in the evening time slot once again. How long have you been doing mornings down there? Man, I can't even remember. I've done some uh, I've done some stints in the afternoon as well. I tell people it's 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 not a whole lot of fun being uh being at the studio at 5 30 in the morning but sometimes right. it, it beats being in the studio at 5 30 in the evening on a friday afternoon when everybody else is done for the day so it has its pros and cons but i ain't gonna lie it's getting tougher and tougher to get up early i bet i bet you know especially once the season starts that's when it sure. really i'm you know kicks in i'm sure you have to kind of go on adrenaline sometimes but i mean it is it is nice to have those afternoons free to, you know, do whatever you need to do. No doubt. Yes. No doubt. <laughs> well, we didn't hear we didn't come here to talk about schedules. We came here to talk a little bit about some guys, of course, who used to be here at Notre Dame, who are down there at Alabama now. A little bit of a uh, a Notre Dame flavor that uh, that moved down south. Let's start with Tommy Reese, of course, okay. the offensive coordinator. How, you know, how did it go over? in February when all this was announced that, that he was going to become the offensive coordinator down there. Yeah. I, I think there was some hesitation, maybe some, um, I think folks were maybe puzzled might be a good word. Like I think they were, <laughs> they were wondering, I mean, you got to remember, as you know, I mean, we've had some pretty high profile uh, coordinators come through exactly. in the last few years. So yeah, I think people, um, you know, coming off the year in which Alabama had uh, a, a huge success by by the standards of most schools, obviously a lot of disappointed fans in the uh, in the state. So you you go from some uh, some questionable endings to some games last year into a, a new offensive coordinator, and and they want answers right away. And, and you get Tommy Reese. It's it's probably not the sexiest name Alabama <laughs> fans would have come up with, but I think as time went on and you learned, and, and and folks down here they do their homework for sure. 
once they, they learned more about him, I think they were open to the idea of giving the guy a shot. I mean, not that they have much of a choice in the matter, but generally yeah, exactly. Steven says most, most Alabama fans will take his gospel around here. But I mean, he is younger and sure. he doesn't fit the mold of some of those guys like Bill O'Brien, Steve Sarkeesian, obviously, you know, Lane Kiffin come to mind guys who were obviously former head coaches who, you know, who, who had that job. What, what kind of autonomy, I guess, with, with that offense, do you expect Tommy Reese to have? I think he's going to have a, a pretty good amount of autonomy. I mean, Saban traditionally more of a defensive guy. You've probably seen him on the sidelines after a while, and I think this is why he brought Reese in. Uh, after a while, he if things aren't going well, he'll he'll scream, run the damn ball, or, or something <laughs> that will get caught on ESPN cameras, right? But right. I think what we learned in the time since he has made that higher public was I think Saban's really looking forward to going back to a, a more of a pro-style offense, um, you, you saw a lot of um, variations of offenses over the years, whether it was Kiffin or Sark or um, or Bill O'Brien. And I think with Bill O'Brien, what had happened was I think it had gone to one dimensional throwing the ball and we're kind of relying on that really stellar quarterback play. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, you know, you know, the names, right? Uh, Jalen Hurts to uh, uh, oh, Mac sure. Jones and recently Bryce Young, so a lot of right. capable arms, which which might meet, lead our into the next uh, be good segue for our next topic, which we'll get to. But I do think uh, with with guys like Sark and it was a lot of RPO uh, with Bill O'Brien was putting it in the air. I think with Kiffin it was a lot of hurry up tempo RPO, and I think he's trying to balance it and and, and kind of be a more balanced offense now. Do you guys during the spring do you get to see? you know, much, much practice down there. I'm curious maybe what you were able to, you know, pick up on. No, no, uh, very limited. And then it's obviously very scripted. Like, I mean, Saban's very controlling, so he knows exactly what, what media types are going to see. But sure. I, I will tell you what we saw is, or in what Nick Saban has told us is he, he needs his quarterbacks to not make mistakes. Right. They don't always necessarily have to go win the game for you, which is kind of what we've seen in the last few years. Right. With Bryce right. and two and, and Mac Jones. But he just needs them to I hate to use the term because people look at it as such a negative, but kind of manage the game. And so you got two guys really uh, that have gotten the majority of the snaps. Jalen Milrow is kind of your dual threat guy, kind of that Jalen Hurts feel with uh, but. Little erratic, makes a lot of mistakes, not great throwing the ball, but a tremendous athlete, tremendous athlete. Uh, like when he runs, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it, right? Uh, the other guy is Ty Simpson, uh, and he's a little bit more uh, – he, now, he can run, and he's athletic, don't get me wrong, but uh, a, a a more of a passer, higher ceiling, but still some of the same issues plague Simpson that, that, that plagued Milrow, and you probably saw it in the spring game, just mistakes – um, and so what they both need are reps. Uh, so maybe bringing in Tyler Buckner might be counter <laughs> to, to that whole argument. You can't get reps if you bring another guy in. So yeah. I think part of it is seeing the uh, evolution of the SEC and what everybody's doing and trying to combat that. Uh, so he feels like, I think Saban feels like if everybody's going RPO and everybody's running up and down the field, maybe control the offense a little bit, control the n a number of opportunities the opponents get. And in order to do that, maybe you got to go a little more pro style, go back old school and be a little more balanced. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, I guess one of the knocks maybe on on Tommy Reese when he was you know, completely understand what you're saying with he, he doesn't want the quarterbacks to make mistakes. The quarterbacks were were very managed, I guess, when when Tommy Reese was here. And you know, you were talking about them being a game manager, but it also sounds like he he hired Tommy Reese for the specific person or for specific reason of being able to manage that quarterback play, sort of play in play out kind of thing yeah and, and and you probably know better than I do as far as Reese the indication we get is obviously more pro style but a confident guy really poised a player's uh coach which kind of lends itself to what you were just saying um and so I think he's kind of a quarterback guy right so um the question is obviously I think Buckner comes in with the intent of starting why else would you would you move down here my, my only concern, again, this might be a question for you. I might flip it on you, Sean. Why why is a guy that maybe wasn't ultimately going to start at Notre Dame transferring down uh, with a coordinator that maybe went out and recruited a, a, a Sam Hartman? You know what I mean? Right. And <laughs> that's a very good question. And, you know, we've we've talked up here like if – Tyler Buckner doesn't end up winning the starting job down there. That was it even, you know, was it worth it for him right. to even make that transfer? And it seems sitting here from where we are that it, the answer would be no. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, in today's, in today's college football, I mean, you know, we, we always talk about kind of Jalen hurts. I've always said kind of the poster child for what college football is all about. He handled everything the right way. I don't want to bore your, your, uh, your listeners with old Alabama history, but you know, <laughs> he had the job. Didn't he, didn't he didn't have the job. He lost it to Tua. And then he came back in and saved the day and every, there was all this speculation about transferring. And, and, and he said, look, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. What's best for the team. He was like the consummate team player. Right. And then when his eligibility, or at least he got his degree and went into grad school, that's when he transferred. Like he's done he did everything and anything and everything you would want a student athlete to do. Uh, but I, I don't know. If, I think that time has come and gone right with the transfer portal and mm-hmm. needing immediate playing time. And if you're not getting your time, you're going to, you're going to get in the portal. Um, so yeah, I, I think everybody anticipates that this guy is going to come down and start. Now, does he start game one or week one? You know, probably not at this point. I mean, if you put a gun to my head and ask me to, to pick, <laughs> uh, probably not, but that's not to say at some point he's not going to get some valuable reps and ultimately become that guy. I, I imagine that based on 
the spring game performances that those two guys, Mil, uh, Milrow and, and Simpson, had that at least the arrival of a transfer quarterback who's got some experience probably went over well. But, you know, from a from a fan standpoint, when you when you do have, OK, well, we just got the offensive coordinator from Notre Dame and now we're getting his quarterback, who, as you said, you know, wasn't going to start over Sam Hartman, who transferred in. Like, how did that how did that go over with the fan base? I, I think. Uh, and again, I think you probably get a ask 10 different people get 10 different answers. But I think for the most part, I I think the Alabama fan base knew there was some big issues at quarterback. I mean, Saban didn't necessarily hide it or try to sugarcoat it. And that's not to say a guy that struggles in the spring (laughs) won't make dramatic improvements in the fall, right? It's still spring. It's spring for a reason. But I do think most Alabama fans were, were looking at all the, all the lists out there, best, best transfer reporter quarterbacks. I mean, it, it, I think it was um, a little bit of a relief. I think it's the whole iron sharpens iron thing. Uh, you know, I think from an Alabama perspective, you'd rather have too many than not enough. And if and if it winds up being Simpson or Milrow, uh, then so be it. If it's Buckner, great. I mean, as as long as Alabama's winning in contention, winning the conference and in contention for the college football playoff, um, they they'll take whoever. You know, one of the downfalls, like you were just saying, the the fact that you guys didn't get to see very much practice you know if if at all is okay now all you get is you know what what they call the a game down there the the spring game and that's yeah. really the only impression that that people have of those two quarterbacks it, it it sounded like you were kind of alluding to the 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 entirety of the spring didn't necessarily look much different than than the end result there for those guys yeah the, the a day was certainly a microcosm if i can use that word i just learned yesterday uh, a microcosm <laughs> of of what the spring was and you know true and we mentioned it earlier sean so you know fans are used to going out there and seeing a, a poised mac jones or a poised Tua or a poised bryce young or a poised jalen hurts i mean what you saw this spring generally is probably more college more real life college football than what you've seen from Alabama. Alabama has been the exception here lately, which is ironic because early in, in Saban's career, you didn't have such dynamic um, quarterback play, right? Uh, that's only recently been in the, the second half of his career at Alabama. So, um, you know, to I, I guess to put it in simpler terms, uh, Alabama fans are spoiled, uh, not only with wins and championships, but with quarterback play, sure. um, you know, so, yeah, there's there's always going to be an un, um, a ridiculous expectation, not only for wins, but level of play at certain positions and quarterbacks, you know, numeral una. Did Reese get much, if any, blowback from that spring game performance of those guys? No, I don't think it came back on Reese. I think it was all, man, these, just, these guys just aren't ready. Okay. I, you know, I think it was these guys just need more reps. I think uh, they, they certainly trust Saban. You know what I mean? More than any uh, who, who I mean, if he if he had hired Big Bird, they'd be like, well, OK. I mean, you know, Nick Saban said so. He he knows what he's doing. So uh, we'll give him a shot. But no, I, I, I think um, I think as time went on and more, like I said, more came out about Tommy Reese. I think people feel fairly confident that they're going to find some sort of middle ground here and put these guys in position to succeed. And I don't want to make it sound like it's a woe is Alabama story. They still have some of the best athletes in the country year in and year out. They're still recruiting the, 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 um, the best athletes. Uh, but I think naysayers are saying, you know, is Saban slipping a little bit? I mean, you, you got rid of both coordinators. You didn't get to the championship. It was clearly 
one of, if not one of the best football teams he's had. I mean, you had the best offensive player in the country. You had the best defensive player in the country. You don't make the playoff. I, I think that kind of conversation, Sean, has kind of found its way into the narrative, which is, is he dropped off or other or others catching him? Uh, and, and the fact that you're bringing in two new de- uh, coordinators, uh, offensively and defensively, uh, kind of added a little ammunition to that. So what do you think? Do you th- do you think he's dropped off? I mean, it's not like they got blown out by LSU or anything last right. year. Right. So do I? No, I think um, I think I don't know if this makes sense. I've said this before, especially even on my show. I don't know if he's fallen off or that team has fallen off. I think everybody's catching up, right? I think Kirby Smart is closing the gap. How do you extend that gap? What can you do that you haven't already done? And that's what that's what made uh, that's what's made Nick Saban so successful over the years, right? His ability to adapt and overcome. Way back when, you know, he was screaming about you can't run the hurry up no huddle offense uh, in tempo, and you can't allow me not to sub because my my, my guys are going to get injured. And and then what he do? Well, he brought in Lane Kiffin, and they went hurry up no huddle. And they went no, <laughs> you know what I mean? They went no right. huddle. So he's learned to adapt and overcome. You know, he went from pro style to RPO, and then it was a run type RPO, but then he went to the pass type RPO. Now he's going back to pro style. So he's been able to, uh, in in a game of, while a lot of guys are playing checkers, he's playing chess. But, you know, you lost two games. Now, granted, Tennessee and LSU had to play, like, the best games that, that they could, and you still lost on the final play of each. But you lost two games. In game that you were favored in, uh, which kicked you out of the national championship, so you really can't complain about not getting in or being deserving of it. You kind of paved your own way there. You had your shot, and you kind of blew it—not once, but twice. So that's a long-winded answer to say I don't think he's dropped off, but I do think there are hungrier teams out there. I think the portal has been good for Alabama. I think he's been right on that, but I do think NIL has been a problem. I think that's hurt. Right. He's 71 now. Do, yeah. do you feel like, like, is, is he getting close to the, like, like when I, I was thinking about this, this morning, I was, I was just, there was like a marathon New England Patriots thing on NFL network today. And obviously those two guys are, are pretty close friends, Belichick and, and Saban. Like who, who do you think ends up going longer between the two? Wow. That's, that's a great question. I, I I'll tell you this. I don't think Saban has any plans of slowing down anytime soon. And there, and so I can't speak to Belichick, but I'll tell you why, because Saban's one of these guys that said it over and over. He loves the competition. He loves the grind, the stuff that you and I, and most people hate. He loves like he gets up every morning and he, he said this, he loves the grind of, of working step by step, step to get to a like a, a bigger prize right a bigger goal he loves that grind and he he's a competitive guy by nature everything's a competition so until he can find something to fill that void to kind of scratch that itch I think he's going to continue to coach now he's always said that he will do it as long until he, he he's he's in the way if he if he's the reason that they're falling off or if, if he's kind of in the way he'll step aside but to this point, I don't think he is. He's as fiery as ever as he's ever been. Now he's mellowed a little bit. He's learned to show his softer side in some instances, not football mm. related. But uh, even his wife Terry Saban said that having grandkids is, has brought out the soft, the softer version of Saban. But I just don't know what he would do. Uh, I think it was a year ago, maybe a couple of years ago, Sean. He it got out that he was talking to ESPN Game Day, and uh, he said, "Man, he just." 
he loved the way that it was a team and the way that they worked together. And it, it was kind of a, it, 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 it was an interest of his, but it didn't happen, but he's going to need something to, to keep those competitive fires burning. And I, I just, I just don't know what it is. I've got a couple of listener questions that I want to throw to you since we're on the subject of Saban and his okay. future. Uh, Irish shy town wants to know if you think that coach Reese could have been brought in there as the head coach in waiting whenever Nick Saban retires. Yeah. I, I mean, it's look, it's possible. And thank you for the, uh, for listening. Thank you for the question. I, I think it's, I think it's possible. I think it's unlikely. Um, I think when, um, there was a lot of talk for years that, you know, Dabo Sweeney was the guy in waiting. Right. And right. then, uh, and then it just got to the point where that just kind of felt stale. Um, no disrespect to Tommy Reese, but I think, how do you, uh, you know, how do you follow, like, what kind of name will it take to appease the boosters and the program and the fans to replace Nick Saban? Um, I know it's not Mark Heim. I, I, I doubt it's Tommy Reese at this point. It could be. You want a couple of natties and, and you're breaking all sorts of offensive records and guys are winning. High. I mean, it's, it's, it's not out of the realm, but I can tell you, I don't think, I don't think his hire, I don't think on the checklist was, okay, need an offensive guy, someone who can work with quarterbacks, maybe a pro-style guy, can 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 replace Nick Saban in three or four years. I don't think that was one of the requirements for the position. Sure. And, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, all the national championships that he's had, obviously, you know, there was, as you well know, a lot of up and down years before Nick Saban showed up there. Oh, yeah. It was uh, lean so. times. It was some uh, tough times in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. We've got a uh, a super chat. Wicked Bronco Productions paid twenty bucks for this question. So wow. <laughs> throw that oh, one out there. An answer worthy of such a, a donation. Okay, that's right, that's right. So he says thoughts on the Georgia situation. Titles may be stripped in a possible postseason ban and loss of scholarships. Anyways, why do Bama fans think Tommy is better than what he is? Just because he's at Bama now, people view him top five. So there's a lot there for you. Uh, okay, well, let's tackle the Georgia thing. Um, I think what you see there is the ugly side of college athletics. Uh, I, it probably goes on in more places than it does. And I'm not I'm not making excuses. At the end of the day, though, and we could probably do a whole nother day on this topic. What's the NCAA going to do? I guess, and I, I don't mean to be this blunt, but from a college football standpoint, from winning, from making money, who cares? is kind of the response that you're starting to get around college athletics. And that's a Mm -hmm. sad commentary on the sport. I I, I don't condone it, but what are you going to do? Vacate wins? Nobody cares. Nobody cares that they're still going to recognize their championships, their wins. What what are you going to do? Vacate it? I mean, okay. So if the, the NCAA has proven it's got no teeth, it's got all bark and no bite. It doesn't have subpoena power. It can't, the investigation is going to take two or three years. I mean, we've seen the story over and over and, in college football. Um, do I wish it would be different? Sure. Absolutely. But I, I, you know, stripping, stripping teams or programs of wins in the long run doesn't really matter. I mean, they just recently stripped LSU and less miles. I mean, it made a headline for what, 12 hours and people moved on to their uh, college world series, baseball championship. They're still talking (laughs) about the women's basketball championship. They're not talking about what, whether or not less miles is going to get into the hall of fame because he had so many, so many wins, uh, vacated. Um, I'm sorry. What was the second part? Uh, Tommy Reese. Uh, let me see. Yeah, basically, um, why do Alabama fans think Tommy is better than what he is? Uh, well, I'm not sure we knew 
uh, or Alabama fans knew what he was before he got here. Uh, again, there's still questions, right? So um, if, if, if I said it wasn't the sexiest pick and I don't know, I don't even remember who was available at the time. So I couldn't even throw out who would have been a sexier pick, but you know, I, I think people scratched their head when the hire was made. And then I, I think there was some skepticism. I'll tell you why people are high on him because Nick Saban has kind of given his stamp of approval. And generally right. down here, when it comes to fans, if Nick Saban says it, uh, they take it as law. So, but, but there are questions, right? So, and, and the first question, and I posed to you, Sean, was if, if, if Buckner is so good, why was Reese recruiting Hartman while Buckner was up there? And if right. he transferred out of Notre Dame to come here, does that mean the Notre Dame quarterback is better than Alabama quarterback? Maybe so. That's going to be a tough pill for Alabama fans to swallow, even yeah. if Notre Dame fans are cheering about it. And Wicked Wicked Bronco Productions just keeps throwing super chats at us, which means we have to throw them at you. All so right. just keep throwing them up there. He asks how Alabama fans view Tyler Buckner. He might have jumped in late. We talked a little bit about that earlier, yeah. but he did, you know, the maybe the bigger thing kind of to what you were just talking about, he says, I personally don't think he would have gone to Alabama unless he was guaranteed the starting job. What do you think about that part? Yeah, I think that that makes perfect sense. I think that's everybody's reaction to that. Um, clearly, and, and um, there's some concerns from Alabama fans, like we just stated, because why are we getting a guy that got beat out? I think is kind of the, the narrative that you hear. But but um, because Milrow and Simpson have shown the ability or the inability to do the things that Saban wants, the fact that he's bringing in a guy at this juncture, uh, I think Saban feels pretty confident. I saw, I saw a stat. I don't, I don't know. You, you probably know better than I do, Sean. I think Buckner had like one interception for every like fourteen point eight attempts uh, in the grand. Right. Yeah, so uh, that's probably a pro uh, as opposed to a con at this point, only because of the issues we were talking about with Milrow and Simpson. So I think a lot of people are saying, huh. At the worst, he doesn't. I mean, at the worst, he doesn't get the starting job, right? Somebody beat him out, so uh, they 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 knew Simpson was one of the highly um, ranked. Not Simpson, I'm sorry, Buckner. Uh, that Buckner was one of the highly ranked potential portal guys. So um, I think they felt like they got as good as they were going to get at that time. All right, last one from Wicked Broncos. Productions. Okay. He also wants to know how you, as an Alabama guy, view Notre Dame this year, and if you think that they're a legit playoff team. And also, he says he's sorry he thinks Tennessee wins the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's getting it, it's we're we're dealing with a brutal heat down here right now. It's like I know. ridiculous. Uh, it just got hotter thanks to that. Trying, that uh, man, I, I'm not going to share that. Trying with my to box lady. you, trying to box you through the screen there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I tell you, uh, Tennessee's a, a solid pick for the SEC. I think LSU. Uh, I think a lot of people think Brian Kelly in his second year um, uh, can do some things. It's interesting because uh, both both basketball, women's basketball, and baseball won in those right. in, in those second, year. second years. So here comes yep. Brian Kelly. Um, how does I, here's my problem with Notre Dame, and not that I have a problem with Notre Dame, but um, but I just I think what's going to wind up ultimately happening and is happening is it's really up to the committee. And I think this is the biggest problem we've had with the CFP, right? We it's like I've said it's like college, it's like basketball. 
You want the referees to be consistent in the first half and consistent in the second half. We want these playoff committees to be consistent from year to year. What do you want? Do you want wins? Do you want quality losses? Like, what is it that you want, and what are you leaning more heavily to? Do you take injuries into consideration? It just seems like it's different every week. So I do think Notre Dame, and I haven't looked at Notre uh, Forgive me, I've not looked at Notre Dame's schedule. Um, I'm sure it's most of the regulars. It basically comes down to Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. Those yeah, are three, I, I, so I think – I think if you certainly if you beat Ohio State, um, um, and and you go in with one at least just with one loss, I think there's serious consideration. Uh, now it depends on who that loss is, and this right. goes back to the committee. Who's the loss against? Home or away? Did you get blown out? Like all that, but but I think Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame. You know, people uh, always kind of uh, look at Alabama and and they they get frustrated with talking heads because they they see the helmet and it's about the brand and not about the 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 talent on the field. I think there's a little of that with Notre Dame, maybe not as much as it once was, but I still think when when people say Notre Dame they think positive thoughts about getting the college football playoff. So long-winded uh answer cuz I'm trying to give you your bang for your buck there at 20 bucks. Uh <laughs> right. I, I, I do think consideration <laughs> when there's when there's just one loss. I think when you in who they play, and then I think all that turns into a, a, a negative for for Notre Dame. Yeah, next year it's a it's a much different conversation. Oh, definitely. Once it definitely. expands this year, yes. you know, you still got four. It's it's a whole lot different, you know. But, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, you were talking about LSU, and we were actually talking about that same thing yesterday about the second year championship trek and all that. I mean, LSU def- definitely for an SEC schedule has a fairly favorable schedule this year. I mean, you know, they obviously have to play. Alabama and I think it's Texas A&M and and what Ole Miss are probably you know like their top three yeah. and I'm you know well Florida State is a non-conference game at the top as well but I mean in terms of conference the schedule is is fairly kind to them compared to some other schedules yeah I mean they'll still have to go through uh I I still think that the 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 West the SEC West goes through uh Tuscaloosa but you know we always talk about it, and you guys know this I mean you know, it's it's a lot easier to get to the top than it is to stay at the top, and 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 that's not to say it's easy to get to the top, but you know, those teams are hungry. LSU's hungry. They've gotten a little taste now. Tennessee's hungry. You know, Florida's been down a while. Georgia is a big target. I mean, I think Georgia will ultimately be the odds-on favorite to win the league. They're in the SEC East, but Alabama, I think the West goes through Tuscaloosa, and um, but it's going to be an intriguing because those are the four teams. And, you know, a conversation for another time is I think there were only two or three teams that in the SEC, in the um, expanded uh, schedule, when they go to when they get rid of divisions, only I think it was three teams have three of the four what I consider top teams in the league on their schedule. Um, And Alabama's one of them. Right. Um, I think Vanderbilt (laughs) is the other four guys. Uh, But but even Auburn, like they're they're their um their permanent uh league uh opponents in that in that new deal are Georgia and Alabama. Uh but the one but there's only three um and LSU's not one of them if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it in front of me but uh so it's going to it's going to be fun times in college football moving forward for sure. Before I let you go, would you be shocked if Tyler Buckner is not the starter against was it Middle Tennessee State is that who they open up with? No, I mean nothing surprises me anymore. Uh I'd, I'd, I don't know. Shock might not. Would I be surprised? I might be mildly surprised. Sure. Um, but 
probably not shocked because, like I said earlier when we first started, it wouldn't surprise me uh, if Buckner is is uh, starting at some point in this season. Now, look, I, I'll hand it to Milrow and Simpson. Uh, you know, they didn't exactly jump in the portal when when they when news came that Buckner uh, was was coming to Tuscaloosa. So um, either they're gotten some really bad advice, or maybe they've seen the film and been like. Man, we I can beat this guy, or I can I can beat both <laughs> these guys. So it's it should be an is intriguing and uh, a fall camp as we've had at Alabama for a long time for this point for this point alone. For sure, quarterback quarterback derbies always uh, oh. fun to be watching and covering. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Mark, again, I appreciate you doing this tonight and uh, great stuff from you. Again, uh, Mark Heim from AL.com and also WNSP-FM doing the morning show from 6 to 9 a.m. Appreciate you, Mark. Thanks a lot. Take care. Hey, enjoyed it. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Absolutely.